What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Story Worth Sharing podcast. My name is Chris. I am one of the hosts, and I am joined, as always, by the much better, much better host. Mm. I was trying to come up with another word. You're supposed to speak way better. You speak on stage. I need better from that. It doesn't matter. But today, I've decided to just accept your compliment. See? Just take it. See? You're you're getting better. We are. And (laughs) you're the betterer. Betterer. I'm something. Just, just love being here, so yep. I'll take it. Um, so Gooder. Here's, Gooder. That's here's, the word I was going for. Gooder. That's not any better. <laughs> See, I just left <laughs> See? it. There you go. Left yeah. it as it is. You're the gooder. Gooder. I don't know. Gooder host. So you have two beautiful daughters. I do. How much are they into shopping? Just curious. Are uh, they aware of? They are. Yeah. Not for themselves yet. Okay. I mean, if we go to like Target or something and then they're like, oh, I want this thing. Mm-hmm. But normally it's because we're like, hey, we're going to go in and you get, if you're sweet, you get to pick out something from yeah. the dollar spot or something like that. Leisha took them to the dollar store, which I remember doing this growing up. Yeah. And my parents would be like, you have $3 and you can get whatever you want or $5 or whatever. Right. So Leisha did that uh, like a month ago. And oh my gosh, you would think Loved that it. they had met. Santa Claus or something. I mean, it was just like amazing and they got a helium balloon and whatever. It, they were super excited about it. So they do, but they love shopping for other people. They do, love going oh, and getting gifts for other people. Sweet. Yeah, they're, they're that's pretty. A, that's a good trait to have. They got that from Leisha. Well, I'm not surprised. I'm well, not you surprised. Know, you know. Are they aware of online shopping? No, I would say no. Dang. Okay. Well, I have a problem because my oldest niece is really aware of okay. online shopping. It's probably because she'll see me like be on Amazon. She knows what Amazon is. Yeah. And so I have to watch her because she will click. So no. she'll click the buttons. She'll move it to the cart. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'll be like, no, 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 no. Like I have to explain to her like what that means. And ironically, uh, she now like realized like we've had a teacher like you get money, you know, sometimes whatever. And recently, so she's graduating pre K soon. So a friend gave her like five dollars. Yeah. And so we had a teacher like, okay, that's your five dollars. Like you can save it, or we're gonna go to Target like this weekend because usually like I'll do something with them if I have them. I was like, you're going to start spending your own money. I'm not going to start spending my money. <laughs> and so we go to the little dollar section and she's super excited to get to do it. She carries it in. And so the, the day after she um, explained to my brother that she got to use her Target budget. And I said, <laughs> oh, good. Keep that in mind for the rest of your life. There's oh, a Target good. budget. So it's never too early to Dave Ramsey someone. No, I mean, you kind of have to because she just thinks that we're going to spend it all on her. And she's wise enough now that we got to yeah. be like, this is your money. You can spend it. You can save it. That's great. She hasn't learned to save it yet, so we're just going to let that happen that for a little bit. That is definitely a developed trait, but, yeah. No, but I also read a story about this boy who I think recently um, spent $2,600 worth of money on Spongebob popsicles oh, on Amazon what? that was shipped to his aunt's house. And then Amazon obviously won't take them back because of the state they're in yeah. at that point. And yeah, so the mother had no idea. And I think she was like an NYU student with three other kids and like, how am I paying for this? Luckily, it worked out. I think another student like did a GoFundMe page, whatever. They ended up raising it in three days. But I'm just like, if that ever happens to me, I don't know if I would ever recover from this. That is... That was like almost a thousand popsicles. That's insane. Well, and and students... Or not students, kids. Like, you hand your phone to your niece. Like, if I hand my phone to Landry, she can navigate, open any app, do whatever she wants. And so, I, I don't want her to know my password on my phone because she gets no. in and starts doing all kinds of stuff and Leisha's like, oh, this is the number. I'm like, you know she's going to remember that and then they end up buying $2,600 worth of... They know what Amazon looks like yes. for the Target sign. They know Absolutely. exactly what app they're Absolutely. going to to look for toys or whatever. So yeah, 
yeah, I can't risk any of that anymore. Mm, I'm just going to that's dangerous. lock it down. That's dangerous. But, well, speaking of financial responsibility, uh, today's guest actually – well, they're probably financially responsible. I don't actually know the answer I to that question. So. But they, they're one of their roles here at the church is um, they have done a lot of oversight for those types of classes. Dave Ramsey, financial peace, all that fun stuff. But we're not going to have a like financial podcast. That's I would not be here because I have no wisdom to give. So <laughs> be like, wow, Ooh, I, I'm gonna step out. I like Amazon. I'm gonna head out. Yeah, but we're excited to have. Taylor Carlson on the podcast today. How's it going, Taylor? Good. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Well, Taylor, why don't you just tell everyone? I, I just gave you a little bit of a, you know, a whatever. I don't even know the word I'm intro? looking for. Intro. That's, you know, wow. you should just be okay, hosting Okay, we're this. replacing Chris okay, out, see ya. Taylor. It's just me and you. <laughs> it's now the Taylor and Emmy show. Uh, yeah, so you got a little bit of an intro, but why don't you just tell everyone a little bit of what you do, who you are, all that fun stuff. Yeah, I'm Taylor. Um, I'm married to Brandon. I'm on staff here at Brazos Fellowship. So my job is I'm the care and community outreach director, which Sounds is Sounds really official. Care and community care outreach. Care and community Love outreach. It. it is honestly my dream job. So my job um, in the community outreach side is to essentially take the church and break it out of the four walls of our building, um, which allows me to be united with community where we are to meet tangible, practical needs. We work a lot with um, foster families, kids in crisis, counseling needs, all kinds of stuff. Um, So it's discipleship on the move. It's awesome. We get to share. Yeah, we get to share with people who don't know Jesus that our church cares enough to love them outside of the the building of the church. Yeah. So that's a big part of it. And then the care part really is just walking through difficult situations with people and providing hope and healing and community. Um, Yes, sometimes that's through financial Mm -hmm. classes and ways to prepare better for your financial responsibility, you know. Um, But that's also counseling, marriage, premarital counseling, um, and a lot of times it's grief, yeah. it's funerals, and um, and even just processing loss after the fact. Um, sometimes that's for years. And so we offer just resources where people can come together and, and know that Jesus cares about their story, and it's okay if, if you aren't okay. Mm. Uh, that's so cool. And I, you know, I've been on staff here at Brazos Fellowship for, for a minute now, mm-hmm. and I love seeing the evolution of the outward expression of some of these things, because uh, the whole time that I've been here, whether even when I was just sitting in the seats before I came on staff, the entire time that I've been a part of this church, that has always been the heartbeat. The heartbeat has always been about the people and it has never been just about, Oh, these inside these four walls and whatever else. Mm -hmm. But the evolution of like how that is expressed to see how that has grown and to see how we have been able to reach out. I think there are probably a lot of people that go to Brazos fellowship that don't even realize the impact that they are having in this community through not just through their giving, although that's a big part of it, sure. but just through their support of and their participation in the mission of the church and how we get to we get the blessing and the awesome opportunity to take that and be that extension and that arm out into the community and, and then caring for the people uh, inside of our congregation. So I think it's super cool and I, I love that I love that you get to do that, and I love that you say, man, this is my dream job. It's like, how many people get to say that? Like, I am doing my dream job. It's so cool. So that's that's really, really cool. And, and, you know, you you said it. You said, we want people to know that Jesus cares about their story. Mm -hmm. And I think that 
everybody's story matters. And yeah. a lot of people maybe would say, no, my story doesn't matter. There's no value in my story, whatever. Um, and so when you think about your story, what what are some of those things, those seasons, those moments, those experiences that stick out to you and you're like, man, this is this is the stuff in my story that's God God has used to shape me and then has also used to like shape the people around me. Yeah, I think it's about where it started for me. So I grew up in a home that was pretty uh my parents are first generation Christian, so they didn't grow up in church at all. They didn't get saved until really they were already married before they had me and so my mom, um, she always tells stories about how she learned her Bible by me learning my Bible. Wow. And so she would like, she learned about Zacchaeus because I was singing some song about (laughs) Zacchaeus. And so he was a wee little man. He was a wee little man. And so it's been awesome to, to look back and I can see where my, my mom especially was learning about her faith alongside of me and where she really took off and was able to lead me there too. And so I think for me, it all started just having like a central focus in my life. One of the like, most pivotal circumstances. We like to use that word here. Um, for me, it was knowing at a young age, like 13 or 14, that God wanted to use me in his church. Mm. And then I had a place and then I would be used by him to share the gospel with other people. And that made me like super different, mm. right? Like when, yeah. when you're like studying music theory of hymns and not going to parties in college, <laughs> yeah, like, oh. it's not a wow. super like fun thing. It made me different, but it also really, um, became the like filter by which I made a lot Mm. of decisions. Um, So where I went to college, who I married, where I worked, what I, how I spent my time, who my friends were, all of that came back to like knowing that God had a a calling on my life. Mm -hmm. And in times where I have been like rocked, like my world has just been like crumbled and shaken. That's remained true. So like the last few years, my family has had, a really, really challenging few years, and that's a longer story. But um, recently, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, um, and she's going through chemo right now. Mm-hmm. And in my own life, I can see where God is calling me back to the understanding that He does work for my good. Wow! That He has a plan, that He loves me, and even when I can't or I choose not to see that plan because it's not what I want, right? Like it's there, and that's been really huge because I think it it goes back to where it started for me. How do you like how do you navigate that because especially you know you don't hear about a lot of 13 14 15 year olds studying the like theory of him music yeah that's right? really impressive which is, is super it's, cool it's what i study is it on the resume yeah. but it, it comes you know that came from a recognition and you said it of like god has a, a specific calling on my life he wants to use me mm-hmm. and certainly in the you know to use the churchy lingo, the mountaintop experiences, the mountaintop moments, it's easy to see that. Like there's clarity and yeah. you can see what comes next. That's the fun part. Exactly. Yeah, but right. then you find yourself in the opposite, the valley, like the low, there's there's clouds surrounding you. You can't see to the other side of the valley. How did you navigate those seasons? Because they had to come. Oh, and yeah. when you, and you even said that like even the last couple of years, but they had to come. And when you are different than your friends Mm -hmm. and the outlet looks different and Mm -hmm. the passions and desires look different and you don't necessarily fit the mold of a typical teenager or college student. Like how did you navigate those things when all of a sudden now you find yourself in this place and you're like, I don't know 
what is on the other side of this situation or what's on the other side of this moment. Oh yeah. Um, way more valleys than mountains. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think we, we would love to think that, you know, once you become a follower of Jesus, like your life is always awesome. And that just hasn't been true for nope. me, mm. for you. No, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um, and so I think for me, like foundational truth shows up in those moments when my emotions want to take over the truth of, of what God has told me mm. will remain steadfast. Mm-hmm. And so memorizing scripture at a young age, like, man, that was really important in our house. We memorize scripture a lot. And so even now, even in those valley moments when I have been like, I do not want to talk to you right now, God, like I'm mad at you. Yeah. I will remember a, a verse or something will come into my mind where I can remember what it meant the first time I understood what it, what that verse was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it means in my life now. And so I think that's a big part of it is just knowing like God will remain steadfast Mm. even when I am not. And the valley won't last forever. Sometimes it lasts a lot longer than I want it to, (laughs) but it won't last forever. And so it's been helpful for me to remind myself of truth and not of what I want to be true because those things are not equal. That, amen, that will preach. What is true and not what I want to be true. You talked. Uh, we we're talking about navigating these circumstances, and you are someone that many people would mention as being someone that has walked with them in their faith journeys. Because you just have that gift of being very wise, in my opinion. Because you've done it for me, and you still do it for me. And so, who would you say in those moments have been people that God has used um, to walk with you and make a big impact on your story? Oh gosh. Oh, that's that. It's a. That's a big question yeah. for me. Like that's that's a big answer. Um I think, you know, of course, like the biggest impact in my life and in my faith today is my husband Brandon. He's a constant source of encouragement and truth in my life and he tells me truth when I don't want to hear it. <laughs> um, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the ways he's chosen to partner with me to pursue mm, Jesus yeah. together. Nobody nobody considers God's best for me the way he does. And mm-hmm. that's really important to me. But over the years, God has brought people into my life over and over again through various seasons who have equipped and encouraged and pushed me to be more like Jesus. Um, Amazing women and mentors who have shown up for me in a lot of moments. And I was thinking about this just preparing for this podcast. Like, who are those people and what does that look like? And instead of thinking of names, I thought of situations. Like, I've had the privilege of sitting at their tables and being with them in really joyful and in really difficult moments, um, cross-country moves. I've packed boxes. I've held their babies. I've crashed their vacations. I thought uh, you were going to say I crashed their car. I kind of did. Oh, I was no. like, all right, I feel it. No. All right. <laughs> but like, I have, I have been invited into these people's yeah. lives, the messy, the pretty, the Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, it's all different. And I think for me, over and over again, I've seen people give me space to ask big questions about my faith, Mm. about my marriage, about life and discipleship and hardship. So a few of those people, like my mom and my sister, are a really huge part of that in my life and have been for my whole life. You know, so that's different because they've got big picture longevity. Like they remember what I was learning all these years ago and still now. A big one is um, her name is Karen. She's like the closest I've ever had to an aunt. She let me watch her preemie twins when I was in high school and should not have been trusted. Um, and I, I know that I've spent more time at her house than I should have ever invited myself over for. But she let me just be me. 
and let me see Jesus in her at the grocery store or with her kids or, you know, whatever that looked like. And then in college, I had a mentor named Sue who had been a, a missionary in China for years with her husband. And they were back in the States um, working at Biola. And she just lived her life in a way that she was committed to living out the gospel every day in every way and like brought me on that journey with her. And that's done more for my faith than I even know how to say. Um, and I think throughout all of that, especially in my time in ministry as a woman, countless women in ministry who have walked alongside me and championed me to find my place, not just in the church, but also in leadership, which is not always easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's made a huge difference for me in my life to feel like I can do that for someone else. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that last phrase, that I can do that for someone else. What... Like how do you, how do you actually put that into practice? Because what you just the picture you just painted is not easy. Like opening mm-hmm. your life up in that way it's to hard. to that level and inviting someone in and, and truly this like life on life discipleship, the grocery store, the vacation plans, the cro- cross country moves, how someone parents their kid, how someone navigates a difficult situation in their marriage. Those are typically things that we want to keep people on the outside of, right? Those are very personal moments. Those are very vulnerable moments. Those are sometimes scary moments. How do you do that for someone else? Like from the experience that you've had and the, the lessons that you've learned and the things that they have shown you, how have you been able to put that into practice to then bring someone else along for your journey? Yeah. Like this is just something I'm super passionate about. So if you've spent any time with me, like, you will quickly hear me talk about mentoring and discipleship. It's it's like a number one aim in my life. Um, and I think it's honestly why Brandon and I work so well together as a couple because it's a way that we prioritize our faith together. Mm-hmm. And it's a big part of what we talked about in that faith conversation, even when we were dating, like very early on. Um, but I think it start starts for me taking the verse Isaiah 6, 8 to heart. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Mm. And so it's been a choice um, to live my life ready to be sent Mm. into an uncomfortable situation or conversation or relationship. Like, it's messy. And so I'm not perfect at this, but I try really hard to be ready to be sent into what God's calling me to. And so, like, right now I'm mentoring three girls in their early to mid-20s, like, on a weekly basis. I have a few that it's, like big life moments. I'm someone they're going to call and want to talk to or maybe like on a monthly basis, like just to keep, keep tabs on each other and know what's going on. Um, and that looks really different for every person. I think sometimes it's knowing what they need and being willing to help in the way that they need it, not in the way I want to help Mm -hmm. them. And that is also not always equal. So it looks really different. Um, I've mentored girls who, have literally had like a key to my house, <laughs> been over before I got home sometimes, um, take care of my dogs. And sometimes it's also just like, hey, Emmy, let's go grab lunch, get in my car. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's set in her Chick-fil-A app what my car looks like <laughs> so she can go with me. Now I know. Now she knows. But um, it looks really different. Sometimes it's a walk. Sometimes it's like a routine coffee shop date somewhere that they feel safe. A lot of times it's, hey, come to my home. And just like be with me, run errands with me, 
um, see what it looks like to have a daily life that's focused on at least trying, right, to put Jesus first. Yeah. And that can look really different in a lot of different seasons. But I think it's a willingness to be sent where God's calling me to help them see him better, not the way I think they should see him better. Mm, I love it. So good. So good. I remember having a conversation with Pastor Sean, and, and we were talking about a, a difficult leader uh, relationship that I was having with a student leader. And he he stopped me, and he was like, Chris, you have to come to a place where you want what's best for them, not what you think is best for them. Oh, absolutely. And I was like, okay, mic drop, I'm done, mm-hmm. you know, walking away. But that's so true. Uh, you know, we have these relationships, especially as like a mentor or in discipleship. And it's like, this is what I think you should be doing, but that isn't necessarily always what is best for them. And, no. and, and recognizing that that's going to evolve and that's going to change and it's situational based and it's personality based, et cetera. I think that's super beautiful. What is a lesson you have learned if someone's listening to this and they are, man, their heart is beating a little faster mm. and they're feeling this conviction of like, oh my gosh, I want Isaiah 6, 8 to be true of me that I would say, God, here I am. Here's my life. Like use my life, send me. What would you say is a lesson you've learned throughout this that you would encourage and or challenge that person with for them to begin begin to implement this in their life to bring people alongside them or to find someone that they need to be walking beside? Either way. Yeah, I would say both of those. So I think the first thing I would say is be brave enough to tell someone your story mm-hmm. and to ask them to help you tell it better. Mm. It is really hard to ask someone to mentor you. It takes a lot of humility. And so there have been times where I've sought someone out like, hey, I feel like God's telling me I need to pay attention to you. Yeah. But more often than not, it's been someone coming to me and saying, hey, I feel like you've got something in your life that I want to learn from. What? How can we do this together? Yeah. You know. So I think I think the first thing is like seek someone out, be brave enough to tell your story and have them help you tell it better the next time. And the other thing is join a community of believers. And I think that is just something that if you're not in a community with other believers, you're never going to experience Jesus in a full way. And we see that all through the new Testament. Like Jesus had 12 friends. Mm -hmm. Like obviously there's something about that community and that's been huge in my life. So I've been leading um, a group of women, small group for like three years. We have been as small as three, as large as 12 Right now, there are nine of us. Um, And just in the last few years, we have gone through weddings, divorces, miscarriages, births, new jobs, cancer diagnosis, like all the highs and the lows. We make each other more like Jesus. Mm. We have dinners together. We have hard, truth-seeking conversations together. We go to soccer games. Like, you name it, we're there together. And... I think that is vital to me understanding who Jesus is because I see how he speaks to me and I see how he speaks to them. And it's not always the same mm-hmm. and it makes me more aware of what he's trying to do. So good. You lead in a lot of different ways. I and mean, we just talked about them. You mentor quite a few in your group. What are some of the things that you do that are helping you grow to stay spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, just in your own faith journey? Um, I'm a huge proponent of counseling. If you are struggling emotionally, mentally, like get help, yes, talk please. to somebody. Yeah. There is, I will write you a referral. Send me an email. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> like, it's on the church website. That is so important to me. And so there have been seasons in my life where I've spent a lot of time in counseling mm-hmm. to be able to 
help carry my burdens better and someone else's burdens better. Um, but I mean, the biggest thing for me is regular daily time in scripture and in study. I love to learn. Um, I love to learn more about theology and with my educational background, that's a pretty easy way for me to dive in. And so I'm always looking at new ways to read the Bible and resources to help me do that better. Mm. I usually have a list of them if you want it, like I'll send it to you, but that's really important to me. And that's something that, yes, I may absolutely share that with my husband, with my small group, with my coworkers, whatever. But if it doesn't start between me and Jesus, it's not going to matter who I share it with. Like it has to start between me and the Lord. Um, And so that's the most important thing for me really is like, I don't want to have Jesus say, like, you didn't know me. Mm -hmm. I want to know him well. And that looks really different in different seasons of my life. But it always comes back to, like, how am I moving towards him? I heard this analogy the other day. It said, um, Jesus is a big target. Like, you just got to aim towards him and you're going to hit the target. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where believers get really stressed is they think they have to take the next right step. Mm. Any step towards Jesus is the right step. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what that looks like. It matters that you're like making an effort to know him more. Super practically speaking, what are you know what are some different ways that you've done that in different seasons? Yeah. In seasons where I've been really overwhelmed, like whether that's, you know, in college or at work or even just like mentally I'm just kind of drained reading my Bible can be really overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So I have found ways to listen to it in my car. Yeah, um, It doesn't have to look the same all the time, and it's not going to look the same in every season if it's going to remain a priority mm-hmm. for you. So I listen to it. Um, sometimes I am not in a place where I can really like read to comprehend. And so I have found that worship, in terms of music, is a much more um, freeing way for me to engage with God and think about who he is and what he's doing and his character without reading about it. Sometimes yeah. when you sing about mm-hmm. it, it sinks yeah. in a little differently. That's awesome. That's yeah. It's so good. And the idea that it is all about just taking a step towards Jesus, not necessarily that there's a perfect right step. And I know from experience and from countless conversations with people that, life is going to look different at different times. And if we get so zoomed in and stuck on what our version of the ideal looks like and the way that we interact and, and build our relationship with Christ more often than not, the ideal is not attainable in the season of life that we're in. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, what is attainable? Because Mm -hmm. we just need to be taking a step towards Jesus. It may not be the perfect ideal step. It's just a step and keep that, Keep one foot in front of the other and just keep moving in that direction uh, and not losing that momentum. When when you think about all of this, this is that that so what moment, right? Mm-hmm. You've listened to this podcast. You know this question is coming, but that so what moment. And you've already talked about this some uh, just in, in how this ha- how your life experiences and the lessons you've learned and the people that have poured into you, how that has influenced really that Isaiah 6-8 moment for you of, you know, here I am, send me. But when you put all of this together, what does it look like? I, I, I want to change this a little bit because normally we ask the question, like, what does this look like and how do you engage with the people around you? I, I want to throw you a little bit of a curveball. Where do you want to continue to grow on this journey of how you interact with people? 
Because I feel like question. you've already set a pretty high bar, and a lot of people will listen to even and in no way are we or you trying to say that you've arrived and you've got it all figured no. out. Like for no, sure, no, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah no. we're not in any way trying to imply that. But you've set a pretty high bar of just saying, like, man, I've already worked through some of these things. I've already processed through some of these things, and, and like how what the expression of this is in my interaction with other people. So, what would you say sitting here today is like, man? Here are some areas where I I still feel like I want to grow. In oh that yeah. Direction. Um, I think two things come to mind. The first is. When you're walking through a difficult season with someone, you don't get to pretend you know how the story ends. Mm. Wow. And it is really hard for me as someone who who wants the best for you to not be like, it's going to be okay. Like, do the hard work. Let's seek the Lord. Like, it's going to be okay. Mm. And the, the truth is that it's not always okay. And I think it's it's much more difficult for me to step back and not give an answer, but just to ask more questions. Yeah. And so that's what I'm learning right now is like, there are more questions than answers and that that's okay. Um, so that's, that's a big thing for me in, especially in, in my own faith journey is it's okay to have questions that don't have answers. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I've got a lot of those, but <laughs> that's a big thing. And the next one is it's not my responsibility to manage how someone else grows in their relationship with the Lord. And when you care about people deeply, it is really hard to watch them make choices that you know are stepping back from their yeah. relationship mm-hmm. with God. Yeah, And it's hard not to take that personally when you're someone who's walked through that with them. God will work it out. It's scary. Yeah. I've, I've been resonating with these two questions a lot, and I've been talking with our staff about this and with Sean about this, but... I feel like in every mentoring relationship I have and every small group setting I have, whatever this looks like, every client I see, it always comes down to one of two questions they're wrestling with. Is God actually good? Does he actually love me? Mm. And the heart of every issue I ever see comes down to a mistrust or um, a misinterpreted belief about those two questions. Wow. Mm. Wow powerful well here's one thing that i have really appreciated about you as you've been on staff you don't settle like you you don't yeah you don't get comfortable or just take the status quo or just be like oh that's the way things are supposed to be done okay cool like you are constantly pushing and challenging and refining and questioning and and certainly that has to be kept in check and you recognize that about yourself and whatever but I, I have found it incredibly inspiring that you are constantly asking questions, even just about yourself, about ministry, about how we do things, how you should be doing things, how to engage with people, how to navigate situations. And you never just settle for the textbook. Oh, that's what that's supposed to look like. And it's just, man, it's really, really encouraging to me. And I think that it makes this staff better. I think that it makes this church better. And I know that it makes the body of Christ better to have those people that are constantly pushing and constantly challenging in a healthy way, not like digging your heels in and being like, I'm just going to be the difficult person. It's not I that. Mean, sometimes. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> like that's the byproduct. I, I can definitely be the difficult person in the room too. Uh, but no, I, I, I thank you. Thank you. It's been good. Thanks. It's a privilege to be here. I mean, I, I love working here and, and getting to see people in their own areas, just like, thrive and yeah. where God has called them and what that looks like. It's a, it's a real honor. 
you coming on staff was one of my highlights for always since I've been here. I was like, yes, thank you, Lord. Like, I need her. Because we had, like, I had known you a little bit before, like, that happened. It was so great finding out she was going to come join us and just be here all the time. <laughs> it was so fun. Oh, my gosh. One of the things that I love so much is that we joke in the annex a lot. So Chris and I work across the hall from each other. And we joke a lot that, like, my side of the office is the quiet side. <laughs> and the coffee shop is where the fun happens. Sure. There is, like, a line. Yeah, there's a line. Um, but it's been such an honor to be still and quiet with people and to see God move in their lives on my side of the hallway and to still hear Him moving in other yeah. people's lives. Yeah. Where it's a little more fun. Um, on the other side of the hallway, like, He sees us all. Mm-hmm. He knows us all. We just have to, like, listen to what He's saying. That's so good. That's awesome. Well, I, I know that as people are listening to this, they're going to be encouraged and challenged by your story and the story that God has been writing in your life and, and through your life. Uh, and so thank you for coming and sharing that with us on this podcast and just being a part of now the uh, the community of people that are continuing to not only just open up and share their story, but then challenge other people like, hey, do this. Please open up and share your story. And you even said that like, Share your story with someone and then let them help you tell your story better. Because when we do that, when we open up and we invite other people in is when we really begin to see change happen. And so uh, thank you for being a part of that. Thank you. But we can't just let you leave. Oh, no. This is the scary part. No, no, we're going to take it. It's simple. This is simple. We're going to take it easy on you because we like like everyone that's been on the podcast. But we like you and... And Emmy spends a lot of time with you, and so she was like, "Chris, we have to be nice to Taylor." Thank you, Emmy. You know, <laughs> some it. some people that come on, like <clears throat> Pastor Sean, when he comes on the podcast, we might not be as nice to him, but free, we are definitely I, me. Okay, I, I like, personally, what, who do you think I Emmy am? is nice to everyone. She Chris, is. myself, I'm sometimes not, but we're going to be really nice to you, and so that's why we balance we're, out. We're going to do one of the oldies but goodies, one of our tried and true favorite things. So Emmy's just going to throw out some topics and you're just going to tell us what is your favorite. Oh. We just, this just yeah. is an opportunity yeah, yeah. for the listener to know a little bit more of just your personality. Okay. Et we so might it, ask yeah. you about them a little more in depth just to figure it out, That's but, fine. but we're excited. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. All right. So the first one, what's your favorite animal? I have two dachshunds. They're my favorite. Nice. Oh, that's wow! I love not it. just dogs. My my dogs. dogs. Yeah. No one else's dogs. Just mine. <laughs> just mine. I love them. What's your favorite place to travel? Ooh. Or would want to travel? We would really like to go to Australia. I do too. We talk about that a lot, but it's hard. Is there COVID. A, like a specific reason? Like Brandon wants to go to the Australian Open. Oh yeah, there you um, go. My former mentor in college, Sue. She and her husband now live in Australia. Oh, there you go. That'd be fun to go I visit. I would like to go see them. Yeah. But it's a two-for-one deal. There you go. Yeah, there you go. for sure. But we talk about Australia, but I mean, honestly, right now, anywhere we get to travel is great post-2020. Yeah. Very true. Take Very whatever true. you can get. What's your favorite hobby? You know, I always have some kind of craft going. It's never the same thing. I believe that. But I always have some kind of craft. Sometimes that's a painting. Sometimes that's... Um, you know, like some wreath I'm making. I used to be a florist, so I always have flowers around. Something like that. See, I had no idea. She's very, I, I believe that wholeheartedly. You're very crafty. I feel like you could just I whip know. something out like that if we needed it. I love to craft. Now we know. Did not know it's that. on top of the list. What is your favorite emoji or what's one that you use most often? Lately, it's been the star eyes. Mm. That's cute. 
What would be your definition of the star as emoji? Like, wh- what's the context when you're typically sending that? Well, usually, uh, lately, I've been scared to send some emojis because then people think I'm older than I am. Um, <laughs> so I've been very scared to use the, uh, what is it, the laugh cry. I don't yeah. do that one anymore. Oh, all the time. I use it all no, the time. No, I've been told that that makes me old. So mm. I've been avoiding well, some. Um, but that one for me is like, I'm excited about this and I want to tell you about it. Gotcha. I love it. Okay. That's good enough. It's been a new one for me lately. What's your favorite color? Light blue. Specific. I like it. Yeah. I mean, okay. if you go in my office, every color is on there. Yeah, but. it really is. It's such a happy little office. I love it so much. What's your favorite music artist? Ooh, probably Ben Rector. Oh, amen. What a choice. Amen. No one has said that yet, and I'm kind of surprised. Yes. I love Ben Rector. But that will so preach. so good. I just love his live shows. Like, I think they're always worth I'm it. I'm assuming you've seen him live. I yes. have seen him yeah. live a few oh, years ago. He's best, so good. Best live concert. I almost I fell over the balcony, the concert You I told me about that. Where was this? scary. In San Antonio, and some dad, like, put his arm out and stopped him. Wow. And he had to Hero. like stop. And he was like, I got to compose myself. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. It was right quite there. a show. That's yeah, awesome. it was great. San Antonio. What's your favorite store or brand as far as like clothing? Like where do you go to shop? Hmm. To shop for clothes? It could be anywhere. If the clothes I not. I mean, I shop on Amazon a lot. Yeah. That counts. That yeah, counts as its own store. You and Emmy's niece. Yeah, $2,600 of Spongebob popsicles. (laughs) Top purchase. What's your favorite TV show? Ooh, we've been watching Blacklist. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we like um, like shows where you have to like really think about it. That's a good one, though. That's a good one, and it's got a lot of seasons. It's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. What's your go-to? If you were going to binge watch something, you're just like, I just am going to lay in bed all weekend and watch this, and it's tried and true. I'm always going back to this show. What's that? show Ooh, do you have one i don't know i i'm more like a movie person okay okay i don't really go back and watch shows over again i can respect See? that because some people are like i've seen every episode of the office 27 times no. and i'm like why would you want to you've seen no. it once why would you go back so and watch it 26 me. more times like That's- if i've seen it once i'm good yeah I'm, I'm with you. See, yeah. I do play Friends, though, in the background if I can. Like, if I'm getting ready, like, I'll have that show on. I'm not necessarily watching it because I have seen it a lot, yeah. that it just plays as, like, the noise. But there I understand. Go. So what's your favorite movie? Interstellar. So really? Good. That is a good movie. You're like, I think you're the second person that said that. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'm not unique. Yeah. I love Interstellar. <laughs> it's a good movie. That's a good one. What's your favorite book? Right now, I'm reading, I read a lot. Right now, I'm reading Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen, mm-hmm. and it has been really, really good yeah, for me. Great. Yeah, it's great. That's book. what I'm reading right now, so that's my current favorite. That's fair. I'm but adding it to my list. I read yeah, a lot you, of books. You should definitely she read it. She told me it's about really, it. Really good. I'm yeah. working through four other books right now, so I'm just going yes. to put that one at put the, it end. On the list. Okay, okay. It's a little side note. One, you put a book on my desk earlier today, I did. which I always appreciate when people share books with me because I love to read. And you read so fast. It's you've true. already yeah. running out of ideas. It's of what very, to read very true. I ordered like six books off of Amazon earlier today. <laughs> but uh, Amy saying, <laughs> yes, please. Amy saying she's working through four books at once. Amen. I love that so much. Are you a one book girl or are you a multi book girl? Um... I think it depends on what I'm reading them for. That's fair. So, like, yeah. if I'm reading for work, one book at a time. If I'm reading, like, my personal life, one book at a time. Small group, one book at a time. But I may be reading one for each area okay. at the same time. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. 
I just I don't like to read multiple of the same type of book at a time yeah. or I get bored. Yeah, that's, that's fair. fair. See, yeah. I'm the opposite. If I am reading a book and I'm like, okay, this is good enough to finish, but isn't necessarily like just captivating me, mm-hmm. then I feel like I need to also start another book just to keep myself motivated to read. Otherwise, it'll sit there and I may go two or three weeks without picking the book up to read. Does that mean that you have books you haven't finished? Just like half read books somewhere? One thousand percent. I can't do that. It's the most. I used to be that way, and it's the most freeing thing ever. I don't think I've ever done that. I I hadn't either. And last year, (laughs) so in twenty twenty, I read like stresses me about fifty books in twenty twenty. I finished about fifty books in twenty twenty. I probably started about seventy. Oh my! There were about twenty books that I started, and I was just like, yeah, it's not worth my time. Like you get in, and you're just like, I just can't do this. And I never used to be able to do that that more. But it's super freeing i consumed more valuable content because i allowed myself to not consume content that wasn't valuable to me man i am someone who like if i started i have to finish it i definitely understand chris's point but i also think every time i see the book i'm gonna be like i have beef with that book we didn't we didn't finish (laughs) it's still like my bookmark still in there yeah Yeah. i i feel like i've probably finished every book i've ever Mm. started yeah oh well whatever it's fine okay what's your favorite holiday or your favorite season Ooh, um, we love fall because of Aggie football. Yeah, um, I love Thanksgiving. That's a big holiday for Brandon and I and our anniversaries and things. Uh, November too, right before Thanksgiving. So that's always like a fun season that's for a good us. Season. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. What you said? You used to be a florist. What's your favorite like flower or your favorite plant? Ooh. Um, I want the scientific name of the flower. The scientific name <laughs> of the flower. Do flowers Gosh. have scientific names? Yeah, 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 yeah. they do. Um. I love hydrangeas. I think okay. hydrangeas are pretty, pretty, and they're interesting because they don't absorb water through their stem; they absorb through their petals. Wow! So if you have a hydrangea and it looks like it's dying, flip oh. it upside down in the vase, and then flip it back over, and it'll come back to fluffy. Ta-da! Dang! Back learn. to fluffy. What don't back you learn fluffy. on this podcast? I'll tell <laughs> yeah. you what. Okay, what's your favorite food? Chick Fil A. Good thing we Easy. had that for lunch today. There you go. <laughs> Check. They also could sponsor us. Yeah, You're right. I love we are accepting sponsorships. Don't worry about it. Uh, what's your favorite ice cream? Last one. Oh, I actually have a favorite ice cream place. Okay, sure. Farmhouse Creamery in South College Station. Good choice. It's great. For it. Yeah. And anything you get there is excellent. I believe you. Never been. Yeah. It's really good. You, yeah. I pass it all the time. I'm like that looks nice. It is. So, I haven't gone. It's so good. Yeah, you should definitely go check it out. One last. She said that was the last one. One last. Uh, you talked about like scripture memorization. You quoted Isaiah six eight. What would you say is your favorite Bible verse? Oh, it's a good question. Um, I was just asking someone this the other day. Like, what kind of what verse do you think of in seasons of? like stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I always come back to Isaiah 43 too. When you go through the waters, I will be with you. Mm. Um, they won't overwhelm you. When you go through the fire, you will not be burned. Um, a lot of people will be like, be still. I like to be still. I like to be active. Yeah. And <laughs> I like the reminder that God is with me when I'm moving forward Yeah, and he's not going to let me be harmed. Yeah. That's so good. So good. That's a wrap. Great episode, Taylor. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. She's a pro. Yeah. Have you done this before? No. She has oh. her own podcast like on the side. She doesn't tell <laughs> Do anyone. <laughs> no one's ever heard it. It's never been recorded. <laughs> and but... no one ever will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's for myself. Well, now you are no longer a podcast rookie, so thanks. Thanks. You did it. Yay. Emmy. 
pleasure as always. This is my favorite thing to do. This is the only reason I work here. Just kidding. Because <laughs> you get to record that. podcasts. <laughs> yes. Well, we do have an entire room set up just to record these podcasts. I know. We've really moved up. We you have. Know? Yeah. I'm impressed just with makes us. it a lot easier I'm to do this. With us. Okay. Well, until next time, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Emmy. Thank you, Taylor. Peace out. Thanks. Thanks.